0: I'm making up for lost time.
1: Hello and welcome to Yesterday Today, the show that brings you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm your host, Jake Westbrook, and with me is my charbroiled broiled co-host, McLean Westbrook. Char-Broiled? Come on, my sunburn isn't that bad. You look like a perfectly done medium rare steak, McLean. I'm, I'm glad you've been taking advantage of the nice weather, but you, you gotta be careful, man. Westbrooks are a pale bunch, all you know, right? We don't tan. We just, we burn. You should know this by now. Don't be so dramatic. I may have gotten a little bit of color, but it's not like I... Oof, ah,
2: ooh, ah. What's wrong? I leaned back and my uh, sunburn touched my
1: chair. Ah huh, right. Well, as my lobster-colored co-host applies aloe vera, let's get on with the show. It is appropriate that we're talking about sunburns and. Because it is Memorial Day weekend, marking the unofficial, official, officially unofficial start of summer. And of course, it's also a day of remembrance for those that have served our country. And with that in mind, we will be, um,
3: What's this? You guys are inside this stuffy old studio on a day like this? During the holiday weekend? Come on, get outside! I'm firing the grill up!
1: Uh, Sydney, we're, we're
2: kind of in the middle of recording the show... Yeah, that thing we do at the exact same time and location every week.
3: The show can wait. The summer only lasts so long. It demands to be enjoyed, and uh, and and McLean, what happened to you?
1: Uh McLean's been enjoying the summer a little too much already. Where at the sun? It's just a little sunburn, guys. It's not that bad. Uh, McLean, it's definitely that bad. You look awful. Uh Sydney, what's the sudden impulse of yours to usher us all outside?
3: When I told you I'm firing the grill up, you haven't had a hot dog till you've had a snorthoff dog.
1: Snorthoff dog. That sounds mildly repulsive. Uh, Where's the sudden passion for for grilling coming from, Sydney?
3: Well, I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. How can I expect to be a husband and a father one day if I'm not proficient in the art of backyard grilling?
1: I feel like there's more to being a husband and father than just grilling. No, no, no! I understand where Sydney's coming from on this. Actually, I, I dabble in grilling myself, and th- there's a fine art involved in in getting a, a perfect sear on a steak, or just the right amount of tenderness in a in a burger patty.
3: <laughs> you bet! Now, I got some steaks right here, actually, and I was thinking about. Whoa whoa whoa
1: whoa, 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 Sydney! Easy there, buddy. Put put the steaks down. <laughs> A beginner like you can't just jump right into grilling steaks, all right? We gotta start you off on something a little simpler. We, we got all weekend to work up to steaks.
3: Well, well, well what do I start
1: with? Uh, Franks, Sidney. Just good old-fashioned frankfurters. Hot dogs? Uh, no, no, Sidney. Your untrained hands can't be trusted with a good Angus beef hot dog. You gotta start with Franks. I never realized there was a difference. Oh yeah, hot dogs have fine quality beef. They just throw any old meat in the franks. Now when Sydney inevitably burns them beyond the scope of edibility, it won't be a huge loss. Hey. It's not personal, Sydney. It's, it's just a given that your first grilling attempt's gonna be disastrously amateurish. But we all have to get those first attempts out of the way if we want to achieve culinary literacy.
3: I have no idea it was such an arduous process. They really ought to have some sort of
2: system to give out licenses to grill. We can't just have people going out of their own accord
1: and buying a grill and firing it up and trying to make meat. Quiet, McClaim. As sure as you're singed, I'm going to make Sydney here into a world-class grill master this Memorial Day weekend. But before that, I got to start the show. And so, as I was starting to say before Cindy came in here, we have some songs about the Army this week in honor of Memorial Day songs about serving in the armed forces.
4: PFC the to the CPL, the SGT the LT. P, the O D the MP, makes you do cappy It's a G.I. Jive, man alive It starts with a bugle of blowing reveille over your bed when you arrive Hey, Jack, that's a G.I. Jive Brutally toot, jump in your suit Make a salute, harry voot, After you wash and dress More or less, you go get your breakfast from a beautiful little cafe they call the mess. Hey, Jack, when you convalesce, out of your seat, into the street, make with your feet, or read. If you're PVT, your duty is to salute the L I E U T. But if you brush the L I E U T, the MP makes you be on the Q T. It's just a G.I. Jive, man alive. They give you a private tank that features a little device called Fluid Drive. Hey, Jack, after you revive, chunk all your junk back in your trunk. Fall on your bunk. Clump. Chunk all your junk, back in your trunk, fall on your bunk, clunk. If you're PFC and you fail to salute the LT, the MP makes you be on the QT. Then you'll go to sleep before you count to five. But when you wake up in the morning, you'll have to do the GI job.
0: Cry when I'm away and I want someone to write me every day And someone so sweet and lovable somebody true Yes I've been drafted and now I'm adapting you I Want somebody's picture in my tent I want someone to cheer my regiment And someone who'll be thrilled when I march in review Yes, I've been drafted and now I'm drafting you My country called me to do my part and my country needs me like I need you, sweetheart. So I want someone whose heart will volunteer to wait for me at least another year. And someone there with those open arms when that gap is through. Yes, I've been drafting, and now I'm a drafting you. When the scamps at the camps fall for vamps, don't you worry, you're still my little sugar baby, and I'm drafting you. When the wackies in the khakis fall for slackies, don't you worry, are you still my little sugar baby, and I'm drafting you.
5: 1940 cars in a nutshell best bet Buick see your nearest Buick dealer for complete details
6: boy he was only three now he's on a battleship in his sailor suit just a great big sailor but she thinks he's very cute
7: with his bell-bottom trousers coat of navy blue she loves her sailor and he loves her too
6: Sailor boys away on the ocean blue. Soldier boys all flirt with her, but to him she's true. Though they smile and tip their caps and they wink their eyes, she just smiles and shakes her head, then she softly sighs.
7: Oh, bell bottom trousers, coat of navy blue. She loves her sailor.
6: The sailor went to sea, to see what he could see. She saw that he ate spinach, now he's big as he can be. When he's home they stroll along, they don't give a hoot. She won't let go of his hand even to salute. If her sailor she can't find on the bounding main, she is hopeful he will soon come home safe again. So they can get married and raise a family, dress up all their kiddies in sailors' dungarees. Oh,
7: bell-bottom trousers, coat of navy blue, she loves her sailor and he loves her
8: too.
5: The
9: Marines
5: come on gang just tell it to the Marines Tell it to the Marines when you're feeling low. Tell it to the Marines, they'll be glad to know They never yet have known defeat If you need a corps that won't retreat Tell it to the Marines Tell it to the Marines When you're feeling low Tell it to the Marines, they'll be glad to know They're first to fight on land or sea If you want to keep your country free Tell it to the Marines They have no place for nervous wrecks among your own, uncles' leather next. hey hey hey, tell it to the marine. When you need a friend, tell it to the marine. When your worries end, perhaps I don't know what I've missed, but up to now I haven't been kissed. Tell that ha, to the marine. I like to work all night and day, and I never look for extra pay. Oh yeah, well you tell that to the marine.
0: away in the country now, but I'm behaving
5: anyhow. Uh-oh, you better tell that one to Sweeney. What do you mean? They're uniforms, a sappy dog, cause they're the fighting devil dog. Hey, hey, hey! Tell it to the Marines.
7: Tell it to
5: the Marines. We carry water in paper sacks. We love to pay our income tax. Tell it to the Marines.
8: Friends, good taste isn't a matter of geography. A good, juicy steak is appreciated just as much in Los Angeles as it is in New York or Milwaukee. And the same goes for good beer. Take Blatts, for example. There's nothing unusual about the good taste of the people who have made Blatts the largest selling beer in Milwaukee, premium beer capital of the nation. They're the same kind of particular people... Who have made Blatt's the largest selling Milwaukee beer in scores of other cities in 48 states and 29 foreign countries. Yes, from B to Z, from best to zest, the bywords Blatt's, B L A T Z, from coast to coast, Milwaukee's finest beer.
10: to fight but for Uncle Sam he did all right. He's 1A in the army and he's A1 in my heart. He's gone to help the country that helped him to get a start. I love him so because I know he wants to do his part. For he's one A in the army and he's a one in my heart. And just in case you're quizzical, I'm gonna tell you now. He passed the toughest physical, he passed it, folks, and how For I know why he rates so high on Uncle Sammy's chart. For he's one A in the Army, and he's A1 in my heart.
8: You march, you march, you march. What are you doing? Your pack has got your back as stiff as starch. There's many you fall in the cavalry, but never a fallen arch. And what are you doing, the infantry? You march, you march, you march. What are you doing, the infantry? You hike, you hike, you hike. What are you getting, the infantry? You left and right a blight. The son of a gun in the signal corps is traveling on a bike. And what are you doing, the infantry? You hike, you hike, you hike. The hard way, the hard way Sweat till you get there, the hard way What do you do in the infantry? You win, you win, you win What do you do for the victory? You move into Berlin The rest of the army is riding, riding Through a triumphal arch And what do you do in the infantry? You march, two, three, four You march, oh you march
5: What do you do in the infantry? You march, you march, you
7: march. What do you do when your pack has got your back as stiff as starch? There's
5: many a fall in the cavalry,
6: but never a fall in arch.
5: And
10: what do you do in the
5: infantry? You march, you march, you march. What do you do in the infantry? You hike, you hike, you hike. What do you get in
6: the infantry? A left and right. A blight? The son of
8: a gun in the signal corps is traveling on a bike.
9: And what do you do in the infantry, huh? You hike,
8: you hike, you hike. Oh, the hard way, the hard way. Sweat till you get there, the hard way. What do you do in the infantry? you win, you win, you win. What do you do for the victory? His moves into Berlin. The rest of the army is riding, riding through a triumphal arch. And what do you do in the infantry? You (laughs) march.
7: Politicians, praise the Lord, we're all between perdition and the deep blue sea. Yes, the sky pilot said it, you gotta give him credit for a son of a gun.
11: Thirsty people everywhere prefer ice-cold Pepsi-Cola. Keep plenty of Pepsi ice-cold and ready. Remember, it goes fast because everybody likes Pepsi.
9: Be sociable, look smart. Keep up to date with Pepsi. Drink like
5: refreshing
9: Pepsi. Stay young and fair and and there. Be sociable, have a Pepsi.
12: Pick up an extra carton of Pepsi today. Better yet, get a case.
1: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're in the middle of our Memorial Day episode as we've moved our operation outside here so I can teach Sydney the finer points of grilling meat. Now then, Sydney, do
3: we have all our tools? Scraper, spatula, tongs. Yeah, I emptied out my janitor cart of all the cleaning supplies and I put all the tools and condiments in it instead. Uh, that's great.
1: Nothing says good grilling like the very smell of ammonia. Uh, now then. Where
3: are the meats? Uh, McLean was bringing out the Franks. McLean? Where is McLean?
2: I'm over here, standing in the shade. What, what are you doing over there? The grill's over here. I think I've gotten sunburned enough for the year. I'm just gonna stay in the nice, cool, dark for the rest of summer.
1: Uh huh. Well, can you at least bring the Franks
2: over? If you want them, you can come and get them. It's not gonna hurt you to be in the sun
1: for 20 seconds, McLean.
2: Oh, sure. That's how it starts. That's how it started for me last week. You're in the sun for just a second, but then the seconds turn into minutes. Minutes turn into hours, and before you know it, you have the complexion of a fire truck.
1: You'll be fine bringing the Franks over here. Besides, you're already sunburned. It can't get worse. Well, fine. Here. Excellent. Now, Sydney, use your tongs and grasp one of the Franks firmly.
3: All right. I'll slap it on the ground and... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't put it on the grill. Drop it. Mm,
1: drop it? On the grill, yes.
3: Drop it on the ground.
1: Yes, I don't see what's so difficult about this.
3: Sydney, I'd
2: start second-guessing your sensei if I were you. Don't you have shade to go stand in?
3: Why am I throwing the frankfurter on the ground if I'm gonna cook it?
1: <sighs> Sydney, look. I'm trying to prepare you for the chaotic and hectic environment of the backyard cookout. Yeah, flying frisbees, running children, barking dogs, wayward water balloons. These are all hazards that you have to deal with if you presume to be the head grill master in your household. Shall I go get water balloons to throw at Sydney while he grills? Yeah, don't try to be Wait, actually, you know that's a good idea. Sydney, the point is, amidst all that movement and chaos going on, sooner or later at some point At least one piece of meat will end up on the ground. It happens even to the best of us.
3: Uh, So so we're practicing ruining meat by throwing it on the ground?
1: Uh, No, Sydney. no. We're practicing saving the meat that's been dropped. No frankfurter left behind. A little dirt in a bug or two is not the end of the world. Any 12-year-old boy worth his salt is still going to eat that. You know, The true grill master can properly clean, season, and cook a frank to the point that the unsuspecting consumer won't even be able to tell that it was dropped. Why, I've cooked burgers before that were stepped on, and people were none the wiser. Hey, maybe we should just get takeout this weekend, guys. McClane, this isn't about you. Butt out. Sydney, drop that frank into the dirt. Okay. There. Now pick it up. Okay. Excellent. All right. Now we can get down to business. I will demonstrate how to prepare a dirty frankfurter. While I am fascinated at how this... Ground beef will turn out. This is not a cooking show, right? Uh, next up, we got some Fibber McGee and Molly, an episode about a little backyard cookout, and an episode about McGee's time in the army. All right, now Sydney, pay attention. First, you're gonna want to hit the Frank against the grill to knock the dirt off, and like this? No, no, no. But it's more like a more like a flicking motion. You gotta put your wrist it's into it. It's Fibber McGee and Molly.
11: Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly Transcribed. The show was written by Phil Leslie and Lynn Levinson and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. The vacation days ahead, days of fun and relaxation for most Americans, are anything but fun for the forest ranger. He knows they are disastrous days for America's rich forest land. During the summer months, thousands of vacationing families are on the go, and all too often many of these families leave destruction in their wake. A traveler flips a lighted match or cigarette from his moving car. A camper leaves his glowing fire unattended. A hunter or fisherman tosses his smoke into the dry grass. A farmer or rancher underestimates the power of draft and wind and burning trash, and the result is a fire that may ravage thousands of acres. Remember, people start fires. If you'll memorize these rules and abide by them when in or near forest land, you can help save America's forests. One, crush out cigarette, cigar, and pipe ashes. Two, break matches in two after using. Three, drown all campfires, then stir and drown again. And four, find out the law before using fire. (laughs) ¶¶ Today is B-Day at 79 Wistful Vista. B for barbecue, that is. Because Mr. McGee is breaking in that beautiful big brick barbecue he built in his backyard some weeks ago. Get a load of the master chef in a long white apron and a tall white hat as he leans over his charcoal fire and says,
13: Ah, this barbecue pit is working swell, Molly. Just look at them beautiful glowing coals.
14: Look mighty pretty.
13: Sir, there's the perfect kind of coals for barbecue and ribs. Bright and gleaming like a hat full of new pennies. Hotter than Labor Day in St. Louis.
14: <laughs> ah, this should be a lot of fun, McGee. I hope we can do it a lot this summer.
13: Me too. I haven't tossed a barbecue for years, but it's amazing how quick it all comes back to me.
14: I hadn't been out here ten minutes
13: before I learned two very important things that I'd clean forgot. What were they? Well, one was never stick an opener into a can of tomato sauce while wearing a clean white apron. <laughs> and two, always tuck your necktie into your shirt before leaning over to blow on the coals.
14: Oh for goodness' yeah. sake! Is that how you got those black smudges all over the front of you? Yeah,
13: uh, when my necktie blazed up, I got kind of panicking. The only thing handy to beat the fire out with was that cast iron skillet on the grate there. <laughs> Boy, I knocked all my wind out of me.
14: I'm glad it wasn't your hat caught fire. See, I don't like to kibitz the chef, but when are you going to put the ribs on? Isn't it about time?
13: No, nope, not yet. Ribs have got to soak another six minutes in my special marinade before I put
14: marinade? them. Marinade.
13: Yeah. I toyed with the idea of using a hot Mexican salsa, but that goes best with fried Jolie's Blanco con chorizo. I didn't have time to soak the beans overnight, so I whipped up a marinade with orango, chili powder, coriander, oh, and basil. hold it.
14: Hold everything. Where hmm. in the world did you pick up that language?
13: I bought me a book this morning, see?
14: Hmm. The Sump Room Cookbook.
13: Yep. It's got a swell chapter on barbecuing. The author himself speaks very highly of it right here on the cover. Says a culinary adventure that will inspire the unimaginative cook and delight the gustatory expert. That's me.
14: <laughs> I wouldn't say you're an unimaginative cook, dearie. No man who's tried to make chocolate-covered pawpaws. <laughs> and liver ice cream could be called unimaginative. Nor a gustatory expert either. By the way, are you making a salad?
13: Yep. Yep. I was thinking of this barbecued corn and avocado salad, but since we haven't got either one, I'm mixing up a Mexican barbecue coleslaw a la McGee.
14: How did he get in there?
13: Well, the book says to chop in four hot Spanish sausages, which I couldn't get, so I'm using kosher salami. Sprinkled with chili powder, of course.
14: Oh, yes. You're handling everything in such a masterly fashion that this is probably a silly question, but Mm -hmm. can I do anything to help?
13: Well, yeah. You can bring out the silverware and the plates. No, no hurry. I told the guys we'd eat about five o'clock, so I got plenty of time to George
14: boy. boy. Hello there, kids. Hi, Johnny. Hi, daughter. Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. We don't have any groceries coming. You brought everything this morning. Yep.
15: Boy here invited me for a barbecue, daughter, and I got to thinking about it so hard, I took the afternoon off. When do we eat, Johnny?
13: My gosh, I told you. Five o'clock. Quarter after three now, so you Well,
15: I didn't want to be late, son. I know there's a lot of work connected with throwing a barbecue, so what can I do to help?
13: You can just trot yourself home and come back at five o'clock. Now, let's see here. Ah, that's about right. As long as you're here, take a taste of this and tell me what you think.
14: I'll go get the silverware,
15: please. Well, depends on what you think you're making, Johnny. This is New England clam chowder. I'd say throw it out and start over. (laughs) If you're making spaghetti sauce, you've hit it right on the noodle. It's
13: supposed to be California French dressing.
15: Well, one of us is wrong. It can't be me. I got a perfect palate, son. Dennis said so when he installed it.
13: Uh, doggone it. I better start over, I guess. The trouble with me is I've been sampling so many things this afternoon. My taste buds have gone to seed. Why don't you come back later? Because I get nervous when I'm cooking and people... I
15: better give you a hand here, boy. I'll just throw the ribs on the coals there. No, 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 not yet. I can't have barbecued ribs without barbecuing the ribs. No, oh, no, get them out of the fire. Give me that fork, quick. Next thing to do is to throw out the spaghetti there and start over. It looks too cold and too soupy. That ain't spaghetti, that's coleslaw. Put that bowl I'm down. I'm trying to help. Hey, Molly, bring me my ball back. Bring the meat sleeper. Uh, Put that coleslaw down. I'm just, you. Down. just trying to help. Put that down,
11: There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. It's nice to tuck yourself into bed carefree, secure in the knowledge that the years ahead will be safe, happy years. Lots of people do sleep more soundly because they're protecting their future by investing in United States savings bonds. The savings bond way is the sure way to save. Every year your savings bonds grow in value. Interest increases year by year. As your bond investment grows, so does your security. Be smart. Be safe. Join the payroll savings plan where you work. Every payday, the amount you decide upon will be set aside automatically, systematically, and invested for you in savings bonds. You never miss the money because you never see it. And remember, savings bonds are better than ever because they return 3% interest compounded semi-annually when held to maturity. What's more, they're fully guaranteed by Uncle Sam against loss, theft, or destruction. There's no safer investment in the world than United States Savings Bonds.
14: Well, now, let me
13: see here. Now, hey, let's see,
14: McGee. Well, everyone is starving, McGee. How are you doing?
13: Well, I'll tell you, as soon as I taste this rib, my gosh, I never tried to cook with so many guys looking over my shoulder before. Do You wonder if I ever get done. Want a taste?
14: No, I'll wait. How are they? Well, I...
13: Not quite at the paramount acme of their quintessence yet.
14: Underdone, huh? Mm. <laughs> well, call me when they're ready to serve. We're all very hungry.
13: Okay. Now, let me see, let me see, let me see. Oh, salad, sauce, garlic bread, garlic bread.
15: My goodness, everything smells so good, Mr. McGee, and I'm hungry enough to eat a horse.
13: Well, if you'd have told me, Wimp, I'd have been glad to barbecue one for you. All I got here, though, is spare ribs.
15: (laughs) They look just delicious, don't they, Dr. Gamble?
13: Oh, yeah, I've been watching them for an hour and a half, Wallace. There was a rumor going around that we were supposed to eat those ribs, but I guess it was false. Oh, just hold your big fat appetite, belt buster. You'll eat. Oh, but when? My tongue is hanging out so far, I keep stepping on it. Look, doctor, back in 1952, a pig was born in Iowa. For two years, that little piggy slept, ate, drank, and breathed with just one thought in mind to produce these two slabs of ribs for my barbecue pit. Two long years that pig worked to turn out these ribs, and you want me to barbecue them in two minutes. Take him away, Wimp. Go on, go pitch horseshoes with him.
15: (laughs) Isn't that an amusing thought, Doctor? He has such a keen sense of humor. I wish he had as keen a sense of time. I'm dying. Oh, I do admire Mr. McGee. He's what I'd call a fine broth of
13: a leg. He should be. He's always in hot water. We'll get supper ready if people don't stop by me. Oh, oh barbecue sauce is boiling. And sample it sampling again. Hmm, well, I guess it's all right. Can't seem to tell. Been tasting too many hot, spicy things. Which reminds me, I better check them ribs again. Ooh, hot. (sighs) Nope, needs at least another 15 minutes.
15: Garlic bread's okay.
13: I think I finally got the ribs right. Now let me see, where'd I put the coleslaw? Oh, here it is. Mmm. Not like they make down at Walt small Shop. Thank goodness. Oh, Molly.
14: Something I can do, McGee?
13: Try this coleslaw. What you, see what you think it needs.
14: Only one thing, dearie. To be eaten. Mm. It's delicious.
13: You ain't saying that just to be polite, are you?
14: Who, me? This is your wife, sweetheart.
13: Okay. Guess we might as well start serving. Pile that platter with the toasted garlic bread and I'll dish out the slaw. Well, come and get it, gang.
14: Oh, you?
15: Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. That'll be enough.
14: Take two, you're small.
15: Oh, at last.
13: Oh, those ribs certainly smell good, McGee. Let me douse them in the special sauce, Doc. D- oop,
15: that's enough.
14: Give me your plate, Mr. Oldtimer, and I'll put on the coleslaw.
15: Oh, not too much, daughter. Gotta leave room to spare for the spare ribs. <laughs> Here they are. Oh, you're really the king of the is Mr. McGee. <laughs> Yummy, yum. Here's your plate, Molly. Thank you, dear. Oh, these
13: are good. Well, oh. this certainly
15: oh, looks
14: nice. that's good, that's McGee. It's so worth waiting for. McGee, where's yours?
13: I, uh, I guess I didn't save any for myself. What? No, it doesn't matter.
14: But you bought 12 pounds of ribs. There should have been enough.
13: Oh, I don't care if I don't have any. Fact is, I think I'll sit down a minute. I I feel kind of funny.
14: Here, here, take this chair.
15: Uh, what's the trouble, Mr. McGee? His
14: color isn't so good. What that boy needs is a doctor.
15: Pass me some more ribs.
13: Yeah, you're right.
15: Uh, Looks bad, Doc. Uh, Give me the garlic bread
14: there, Wally.
13: Here, McGee, let me loosen your collar. I'll be all right, Doc. must have been something I ate. Nonsense. We're all eating the same stuff, and it's simply delicious.
14: Wait a minute. You bought 12 pounds of ribs, didn't you, McGee? Yeah. And looking at what's here, I'd say there isn't more than six pounds. McGee, what did you do with the rest of the ribs? I don't know.
13: Oh, I must have used them all up i them. Let me feel your, uh, abdomen, McGee. <clears throat> oh! Oh, lay off, Doc. Lay off. Ah, uh-huh. no wonder he doesn't feel well. He's stuffed like a Christmas goose. Here, boys, help me carry him into the house. Careful He's with him, now. So Don't let him do fall. If we drop him, he'll explode. Oh,
14: a poor dear.
13: Save me some of those ribs, you boys. Come on, give a hand.
15: Oh. Put an apple in his mouth, Doc! Oh! oh.
11: We'll say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment.
15: This is Bill Goodwin, ladies and gentlemen. Have you heard the wonderful new features on Bob Hope's morning radio show? Bob Hope and the Experts, for instance, provides about as many laughs as you can crowd into a few minutes. Real experts like Don Loper on styles and fashions, Kitty Turmel on etiquette, and Chef Milani on cooking. They're Bob's guests and answer questions from the audience, while Bob helps with answers of his own. Let's listen in on Bob and Chef Milani, for instance, during a recent session. How are you,
4: Giuseppe? Hello, Alberto. Hello, Alberto. Hey, Giuseppe. <laughs> I got a massage. I got a massage from you from Luigi. <laughs> I got a massage
15: in my pocket. See, he speaks better English than I
9: do.
15: <laughs> you know, when he was three years old, he could speak better English than I speak now. I'm 47 years country. Well, that's be the that? kind of fun you're missing if you don't try to listen to Bob Hope every morning on this NBC station. See your local paper for the time.
14: Now you've had a nice long nap, dearie. You feel better?
13: Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Now, what time is it?
14: Ten o'clock. The boys went home long ago. Why don't you get undressed and go to bed now? Okay.
13: Yeah, I, I feel a lot better.
14: Good. Do you want anything? Anything I can get you?
13: Well, uh, uh... Were there any ribs left? I'm kind of hungry, and I... No. Go to bed. Okay. Good night.
14: Good night, all.
11: NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed, with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple, and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you back tomorrow night to see the port swing inaugurate the summer season for Bibber McGee, and Molly. Follow the Senate committee hearing tonight on the NBC radio network. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Sundays through Thursdays, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Mr. McGee was downtown this morning, an old friend phoned him, but didn't leave his name.
13: Naturally, Mr. McGee is curious. But gee whiz, Molly, didn't you ask him who was calling?
14: Yes, McGee, I told you, he said he'd rather not say. He wanted to surprise you. Said he was in town between trains and he'd call back.
13: Hey, wait a minute, Fred Nittany, that's who it is. I'll bet you that's who it was, Fred Nittany. You know old Fred Nittany, the guy that I and him had a sub
14: act together from Starved Rock, Illinois together? You remember old Fred? No, it was not Fred Nittany. I know Fred Nittany. Yeah, but maybe... And not once did this man say, I love my wife, but oh, you kid. Or get some more rubber bands, sis. I'm snapping them tonight.
13: Well, maybe he just didn't think... And besides
14: that, when I picked up the phone, I heard the porter say, I checked your bags. Will that be all, sir? And he said, yes, son. Here's a dollar.
13: Oh. Well, no, I guess it wasn't old Fred.
14: I'll get it. Coming.
13: I wish he'd hurry up and call back, whoever it is. This suspense is...
14: Well, Dr. Gamble.
13: Had a gruff voice, did you say, Molly? How are you, my
14: dear? Yes, dearie, very gruff. Come in, doctor.
13: Gruff voice? What's this about a gruff
14: voice? Oh, McGee was out a little while ago, and he got a phone call. And the party at the other end said he's an old friend of McGee's. Said he'd call back. Wanted to surprise him. That's it, that's it. There it is, kiddo. I'll get it. I'll get it. Heavenly Daisy, (sighs) be careful. McGee's residence.
13: McGee speaking. Hello, who... No.
14: Well, I'll be a... What are you doing in town? I thought you were in California. Well, now, maybe the mystery will be cleared up.
13: Why, you old dog?
14: Who is it, dearie?
13: Why, you old dog?
14: Dearie, who is it?
13: Why, you old dog? Quite obvious, my dear. It's Rin Tin Tin. Who else? Ask him how lassie is, McGee. Oh, for... cut it out, will you, Pat, so I can't hear a word he says. Who say... is
14: it, McGee? Hello.
13: No, my wife and a big, fat, wisecracking friend of ours. Just a minute. Hold the line. Molly, you'll never guess who this is.
14: That's for sure. Now, if you'll It's
13: old Cappy. Cappy? Yeah. Captain Clarence Worsakroskowitz, my old commanding officer from the First World War, the Big War. Oh, that one. You guys remember me telling you about him? You know, the guy that nobody could pronounce his last name and he was so tough we didn't dare call him Clarence? It's him. His train doesn't leave until
14: midnight. Well, heavenly days, don't just stand there keeping the poor man hanging on the line. Invite him over for dinner. Is
13: is it okay? I wanted to. Why,
14: sure. You come over, too, Doctor.
13: Well, thanks, Molly. It sounds like fun. Gee, that's well... Hello, Cappy. This is Private McGee again. Yeah. Come on over to the house for dinner tonight. Yeah, sure, it's okay. I'm the man of the house, ain't I? Anyway, I want you to meet my wife and a friend of ours. I've been telling them how you and I won the war. (laughs) Yeah practically single-handed with a little help from Pershing and some of those other blokes.
14: Oh, I hope the steaks turn out all right. I guess I shouldn't be worried. They say army men can eat anything. Well, the
13: table's all set, kiddo. Yep, can we help with something else? You don't have to help with anything, fatso. Just sit and read your medical journal and stop stealing olives. He's stealing olives, Molly. Well, so are you. He took one, too, Molly. If he hadn't started it, now I wouldn't... Now, you
14: boys, stop it. The captain will be here any minute.
13: Yeah, a little dignity, doctor, please. <laughs> Gee, wait till you two meet old Cappy. Boy, there was a brave guy. He won so many decorations that when he put them all on, he looked like a Christmas tree. I
14: remember he well, never... McGee, look. There's a cab pulling up out front.
13: Quick, how do I look? Oh, fine, fine. Stop fussing with your hair. Ah, good old Cappy.
14: Wait till I go put on my old army cap.
13: Hello,
14: oh, the mademoiselle from Armentier's bar. <laughs> McGee! Oh, dear, this is gonna be quite a night.
11: <laughs> There's more fun with the McGee shortly. Have you discovered Dial Shampoo? It's the new shampoo that does something exciting to your hair. Listen.
10: Sparkle, sparkle, your hair, too. Sparkles, Shampoo, Dial Shampoo gets your hair clean. Dial Shampoo gets your hair sheen. Diamond Sparkle, that's for you when you use
11: Dial Shampoo. Yes, your hair will have that Diamond Sparkle look the very first time you use Dial Shampoo. This new shampoo is specially made to give your hair a priceless sheen, an extra brightness. With Dial Shampoo, you get loads of lanolated lather... It's a creamy, rich lather, gentle but thorough. And it leaves your hair soft and easy to manage. Buy Dial Shampoo in the Unbreakable Squeeze Bottle.
10: Diamond sparkle, that's for you When you use Dial Shampoo, Dial Shampoo
13: That's him. I'll get the door.
12: Is this the residence? Ah, goof off! (laughs) Happy! (laughs) Why, you old dog. You old dog. Why,
13: you old dog. Here we go again. Yeah. Come in, come in, come on in.
12: Oh, I, I didn't notice the cane. You're limping, Kathy. Oh, forget it. <laughs> I haven't seen you since Le Mans, but I didn't know oh No, that. it's nothing, nothing. Say, this must be that pretty girl who's picked you, carried with you everywhere you went, Molly Driscoll.
14: How do you do, I'm sure. This is indeed an honor, Captain.
12: Uh, she's Mrs. McGee now. I sure can pick him, eh, Cappy?
14: (laughs) Oh, McGee. Uh, Captain, I'd like you to meet a dear friend of ours, Dr. Gamble.
13: Oh, how do
12: you do, sir? Well, this is indeed a pleasure. We've heard so much about you from McGee. Oh, has he been telling those stories again?
13: Notice (laughs) that kiddo, how he refused to discuss that bum foot of his?
12: Now, there's a real hero. Doctor, did you say? An M.D.? Yep. Probably got it in the big push. And McGee,
14: let's it. drop it. If he You know, not this is fortunate,
12: about. Doctor. Perhaps you can give me some advice about this blasted foot of mine. Oh, I've got an ingrown toenail It's just killing me, and I've tried everything, <clears> everything <throat> I know Well,
13: you might as well put the stakes on. Old army men are usually hungry and it's getting late, so let's go <laughs>
12: Oh, that's the funniest yarn yet.
14: Oh. Uh... Oh, he fell right into the mashed potatoes, huh? Yeah.
12: Head first into 500 pounds of mashed buds, just as the colonel came through on mess inspection. Oh, no. I'm telling you, when McGee stuck his head up through that mound of mashed potatoes, saw the colonel and saluted, <laughs> I thought the roof would fall in. Oh, for the love of Mike Cappy, you promised not to tell anybody about that. Oh, I only tell it to people who are your friends, McGee.
14: Uh, well, dinner's about ready, gentlemen, so if you'll come into the dining room.
12: Oh, uh, before we eat, is there time for just one more story about this amazing husband of yours, Mrs. McGee? Uh, this is a story I'm especially fond
13: of. No, no more stories. The steak's on. Come on, everybody, let's eat. Come it's,
12: on. Uh, it's the one about the recon patrol, McGee, the uh, time they asked for volunteers and you stepped forward because you'd been on KP for eight straight weeks, and you said you wanted to get out of doors for a
13: while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Cappy, not that. Skip it, will you? They're not interested Who's not in interested? I'm finally getting the real straight dope on your war
12: record at last, Sonny. (laughs) Go on, tell it, Captain.
14: I'll turn the broiler down.
12: Oh, gee.
14: Go on ahead, Captain. I can hear you out here.
12: (laughs) Well, there were ten of us out on reconnaissance patrol, out in the middle of nowhere, creeping along in the mud. When McKee says... One of you guys got a flashlight. I just lost my shoe. <laughs> my shoe. <laughs>
13: yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, come on, now, let's see. Well,
12: now. just at that moment, an enemy flare goes off over our heads, and down we go on our faces, all except McGee, of course. He's still groping around for his shoe. <laughs> Look, Cappy. <laughs> well, we all got up with our eyes full of mud, couldn't see a thing, and completely lost, except McGee, of course. And he hollers, follow me, you guys. I'll lead you out of this, this way. Well, we thought he knew where he was going. So... How would I know that shell hole was there? I fell into it before I ever saw it. We all fell into it, head over heels. You never saw such a mixed-up mess of men and mud in your life. <laughs> well, as soon as things quieted down a little, the lieutenant in charge of the patrol crawled ahead to see if he could find a way out. Just then, a flare went off and lit things up again. McGee hollered, We must be on somebody's farm, fellas. There's a barbed wire fence. Oh, no. <laughs> fence, <huh? laughs> Right at that moment, the machine guns opened up, and they got the lieutenant in the legs. Down he went in the mud, back of the wire. Couldn't move.
14: Oh, the poor lad.
12: Oh, well, McGee, as usual, was standing up and saw it. And before anybody knew what was happening, he was off and running through that barbed wire like crazy legs Hirsch. And just as another flare went off, he flopped down beside the lieutenant. What,
14: McGee?
12: And do you know what this crazy little husband of yours did, Mrs. McGee? He dragged that shaved tail an inch at a time every time the flares went out till he got him back to safety. Well, if he hadn't, I never would have lived to make captain. All right, come on, Cappy. Let's eat.
11: We'll say good night to Fibber and Molly in a moment. Perdition! Will you please repeat that in plain English?
12: Sure. Country Gentleman has changed its name to Better Farming.
11: Yes, Country Gentleman, America's oldest farm magazine, has changed its name to Better Farming. And we invite every farmer in the country to subscribe to it. Because Better Farming is the magazine that can help you. The magazine that stands for Better Farm Income and Better Farm Living. To get Better Farming, simply send $2 with your name and address to Better Farming, Department A, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This entitles you to three full years of Better Farming delivered to your mailbox. If you're a farmer or operate a farm, you ought to know what's going on on other farms, what scientific changes are taking place, what improvements are being made, how all this change for the better can help your farm. Subscribe to Better Farming. Simply send $2 with your name and address to Better Farming, Department A, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
14: Well, I guess your old commanding officer is on his way back to California by now, McGee, and it was just a wonderful evening. It sure was. I'm so proud of you. Why, you were a hero. A real hero. Oh. You know, Dr. Gamble was just amazed. (laughs) You never told me that story, McGee. Why haven't you ever told anyone?
13: Well, gee whiz, Doc Gamble wouldn't have believed me anyhow. It's better this way.
14: Well, you're probably right about that. But I'd have believed you. Besides,
13: old Cappy left out one important part of it. What was that? Well, you heard him say I'd been on KP for eight straight weeks when I went out on that patrol...
14: Yes, but what then? Well,
13: when he got shot through the leg out there, I happened to know he had a three-day pass to Paris for me, all made out and signed in his hip pocket.
14: Oh!
13: He was. I wasn't going to let a three-day pass lay there in the mud oh, and nobody get it.
14: Oh dear! <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs>
11: Amber McGee and Molly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed with Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble and Joseph Kearns as Captain Clarence Worskis... Worskis... Uh... As Cappy. This is John Wall saying that Army hero McGee will return Sunday night at this time to show that he knows something about the Navy, too. He claims. Good night. Join the great Gildersleeve and all his friends tonight on the NBC Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're wrapping up our Memorial Day episode as Sidney and Jake wrap up a grilling lesson.
1: All right, Sidney, now you carefully apply the condiments. A perfectly cooked frankfurter can become mediocre if an improper ratio of mustard, ketchup, and relish are applied.
3: Is this why I have to use an eyedropper?
1: Exactly. Precision, Sydney. Precision.
3: Alright, well, here goes nothing.
1: Careful. Careful stop. Stop 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 stop. Oh, alright, that's perfect, Sydney, that's perfect. Wow, I don't know if I can take all this drama. Yeah, scoff if you want to McLean, but once you try this frankfurther, you're gonna see why it needs to be taken so seriously. I'm not entirely convinced I want to try it. No offense. And yeah, don't be so ridiculous. Science crafted this frankfurther. Fine, I guess. Great, Sydney. Serve up your first official piece of grill artistry. Okay, bon voyage,
3: appétit.
1: That's not the phrase, Sydney.
2: And yet somehow it seems more appropriate. Okay, here goes. (coughs) (coughs) Well, you can definitely tell it's the one that you dropped on the ground. No, actually, that's a different one. I see. Well, it is edible, I suppose.
1: Ah, you hear that, Sydney? That's great. How was that great? Well, you are already doing better than I was when I started grilling. I am? Sure. Did I ever tell you about the time I gave the entire congregation food poisoning at a church picnic? No, no you
3: didn't. <laughs>
1: you bet. A yeah, complete disaster. And I tell you, Sid, you got a bright grilling teeth ahead of you, buddy. Well, uh, happy Memorial Day. If you want more yesterday
2: today, visit KISU.org. Or wherever you get your mustard covered, sunburned summer podcasts.
3: When do I get to stop wearing the oversized chef hat?
1: Never, Sydney, never.
3: Now, the
5: tall man with the high hat and the whiskers on his chin will soon be knocking at your door, and you ought to be in. The tall man with a high hat will be coming down your way So get your savings out when you hear him shout Any bonds today, any bonds today Bonds of freedom, that's what I'm selling Any bonds today Scrape up the most you can, here comes the freedom man Asking you to buy a share of freedom today Today we'll be blessed if we all invest in the USA. Oh, here comes a freedom man. Can't make tomorrow's plan not unless you buy a share of
7: freedom today. today.